Let me ask this question. Adrian, if you were a UK resident, would you get on one of these? <laughs> You're talking to the wrong person. Because <laughs> I, I would step foot on any cruise at any time. If you, if you told me that Port Canaveral was opening, I'd be like, okay, bye, let's go. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This week's bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And a while back, we had some interest from some of our longtime listeners in us doing a more regular commentary on Disney news. And so we've been trying to do that kind of once a month. And this is our episode for talking some Disney news that has come up over the last month or so. And Mm -hmm. we want to welcome back one of our favorite guests, Adrian, to the show to talk some news items with us. Welcome, Adrian. Hi. Thank you. Always welcome. Always happy to talk Disney. Yeah, we love having you on, too, because you definitely keep up on all this stuff, obviously, because it's something you're interested in and also because you're a travel agent. So (laughs) it's my thing. I think we're going to try to have Adrian on regularly to talk news once a month. So this will be great. Let's see. So we had a few topics to discuss, some of them older and less kind of, you know, breaking news or anything of that nature. If you're interested in breaking news, not the podcast for you, more than likely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to be more commentary on news that's happened. But I thought we could start with just a couple of things that are probably, you know, less, what do you want to call it, contentious or discussion worthy. But why don't we start with one that I'm excited about, which is that the Ratatouille ride finally got an opening date of October 1st to coincide with the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary celebration. So the ride for folks out there who don't know has pretty much already been built. I'm, I'm thinking they're actually done with construction. There's been a lot of folks who've commented that that ride looks like it's ready to go and they're just kind of sitting on opening it. So you got to wait now another six months to see this ride. I don't know, Adrian, are you excited about the Ratatouille ride in Epcot? I've been excited. <laughs> I, the, I've Your excitement been. is waning at this point. It's <laughs> like it's on a slow simmer. <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. Was it the right time? I think they're trying to build up because what was supposed to be a very grand 50th is going to be a more toned down, subdued 50th, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why they decided to go with that. From what I had heard, like you just said, it is ready to go. I would guarantee they could have done a soft opening by now if they really wanted to. I just was surprised that they chose to wait so long. But I think considering, and I hate saying it, but more people time to get vaccinated, to get down there for it to be a little bit of a different time. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to really pump up the feeling of the anniversary a little. And it's Epcot's anniversary too, don't forget. Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see the ride. I'm a big Ratatouille fan. I'll actually be down there on October 1st. So I'm going to, I just, I put my park ticket over to Epcot because you couldn't get into Magic Kingdom for the first. So I'm going to try to go over to Epcot and ride Ratatouille on the first day it opens because I've been excited for it for a while. But I agree. I think the news is that Tron is unlikely to be open by then, that it's experiencing delays. And I think that was kind of a big marquee ride that they wanted to have open for the 50th. Mm-hmm. So, that yeah, maybe, it seems like... And that may yeah. be why they've delayed. So Ratatouille was supposed to open last summer, 2020, and they did have some construction delays and whatnot. So it would have been delayed anyway. But I think they've delayed it even more. Probably, I think, you know, what Brian and Adrian have both said is correct in, in order to coincide with the anniversary. Well, they've also put on hold 
bunch of the Epcot upgrades, it mm-hmm. seems like. Space 2020, I have no idea what's going on. That was a marquee restaurant for Epcot, and mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's that supposed to open. That supposed to be open. Yeah. 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 So I wonder if they'll push that to, you know, the October 1st as well. I mean, is Epcot going to be the park to visit on October 1? Because it's going to have the new stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see where they are choosing to invest or forecast investment of their cash. So one place where they're investing is in IT. Another place that they seem to be investing is in resort room renovations. And then we had the news this week, too, about Disneyland Resort seeking zoning changes to try to potentially expand the park in the future. Let's start with um, let's start with the room renovation. So the news this week is that the contemporary appears to be renovating its rooms to be Incredibles themed. This would be kind of like the renovation they just did at the Poly, where they shifted the rooms over to a Moana theming away from kind of a generic Polynesian theming. So as is typical, IP abounds (laughs) in the renovations Mm -hmm. of the resorts now. So I don't know, Sam, how do you feel about staying in an Incredibles themed room? I I took a look at some of the photos online. I'll say it looks pretty tasteful and aligns with the kind of the contemporary aesthetic. I think it's kind of cool. But what do you think? So I like this idea. One, because I like um, IP in the resorts as long as it's tastefully done. And well, I shouldn't say that. I actually like even where it's not tastefully done when you know what you're going to expect. Like when you, you know, the all-star music or all-star sports, right? You go in for this like really kind of over the top theming and stuff. So I like IP. I do think the more deluxe the resort, the more tastefully they have to do it. Like the way it's done at the Riviera or the way even at you know the Grand Flow or at Poly. So I like it. I think I think it fits well with the contemporary. I'm not sure it would have worked with most of the other resorts, but I feel like the contemporary has this kind of I don't know, it's just something about the aesthetic. It's kind of a little bit futuristic looking, a little bit it could fit as like a a layer for a superhero or superhero family, right? So I don't know. I think it works. You know, The Incredibles is not my favorite of the Disney or Disney Pixar movies. That being said, I, I enjoyed The Incredibles and the sequel, but you know, it's it's no Toy Story. But we've got Toy Story land in the parks. We don't really need, you know, we don't need a Toy Story themed hotel and it wouldn't work with the contemporary, for example. Is there anything, is there anything Incredibles at the Disney World Resort? Disneyland, obviously, Pixar Pier, the, the Incredicoaster and that ride, but... in um. In, yeah, in Hollywood Studios, before you can turn to, I guess if you're going down the main path and you go right to Toy Story Land, um, if you go straight, there's like this little mini area where you can get the Jack Num Num cookies mm-hmm. and they uh, have yeah. the Incredibles there. Um, they did like a little thing there over this, la- not last summer, this, oh my God, the summer before. <laughs> 2019. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. So they do like a little thing. There's no rides. There's nothing crazy there. But like I said, they mm-hmm. right before you enter Toy Story Land, there's this one little block of area where the old entrance to Toy Story used to be. That they do like a little Incredibles mm-hmm. thing. Well, that's good. Yeah. So there's not really, so it's a very little bit of of Incredibles IP then in the parks and certainly no rides in a Disney World. And so the idea of bringing it to the contemporary, I, I think is a good one. Like I said, it's not 
I wouldn't put it in the my top three Pixar movies or anything like that, but it's fun. And I think it'll, it could, they, it could be really well done. And I think, you know, they did the Incredicoaster pretty well. Well, let's, let's talk about one other minor news piece. Well, I, I don't know if it's minor, it's minor now because it's, it's a few weeks old, which is Disney rolling out Magic Mobile. Mm as a way to augment magic bands. Now, this is kind of a continuation. Disney has discontinued the free magic bands around the resort. Mm-hmm. So now you have to buy magic bands if you want them. And I think this is Disney's way of saying, well, here's the free option. You can use your phone or your Apple Watch. It's only available on iOS at the moment, I should say, but the, the Disney Parks blog did say that they will be expanding to Android going forward. So this will be available on a lot of mobile devices. Not surprised to see them head this direction. I have a feeling that Magic Bands sort of launched at a time when phones weren't as ubiquitous and as they've become more ubiquitous, it makes a lot more sense to leverage the thing that people are carrying or wearing on their wrist already. But I don't know, Adrian, what do you think about Magic Mobile uh, given, <laughs> given, given Disney's rocky history with IT generally? How uh, are you yes. feeling about Magic Mobile? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I was not a very big fan of the magic bands when they first started. If I tell you the amount of trouble I had the first time I went, couldn't get into my room, had to wait for them to come, went, the dining wasn't on it. It was just a disaster. I spent more time at guest relations that trip than I think I ever did in all my years of Disney. But then when they got it going, they got it right. Mm -hmm. It, It took a lot of time and a lot of effort and they did it. And now... I understand the need to want to do it on the phone, I guess. I'm more of no, because I like when I put my phone away and I Mm -hmm. get immersed in Disney and not sitting there on my phone constantly, Mm -hmm. even if it is just to get in and then you put it away. Sometimes I left my phone even in the room if I didn't need it. This is a different topic for another day, but even on the cruise, right? Mm-hmm. Now everything's on the phone. Well, one of the best parts about the cruise is leaving your phone behind. <laughs> True. I'm sorry. To me, because of data and everything, I just feel like, okay, I guess we'll see in time. I think that it it will have its challenges. Mm-hmm. I definitely do. I think that it's it's going to need to be tested and tested and I'll still have my magic band because you still can. Yeah. I think it works at the parks because I think so. Dis, the the experience at Disneyland. Yeah, this is. I was going to say this yeah. is where Disneyland and Disney World people Completely are going to differ. Different. Yeah, Disneyland, you carry your phone everywhere for Max Pass, and you use the barcode. It's not the NFC that they're going to be implementing with Magic Mobile. But I'm. I think at the parks, I'm used to having my phone. Right, like that. That that works for me. And and I get that. And I get that because. And it's funny because when I go to Disneyland, I love Max Pass. Mm-hmm. I hate Fast Pass. I like Max <laughs> Pass more. Yes. I like it because it's that day. You give everybody the equal opportunity. It's mm-hmm. not being booked at midnight at that, and you're like cringing to get your ride. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, and if it's there, it's there. Mm-hmm. And you're not stuck with Mission Space ninety days out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, yeah, and and not only that. How about they tier the rides right at Disney World? At, not yeah. at Disneyland. They tier the ride. So, you know, you go to Hollywood Studios. Well, how are you choosing between Dog Dash and Toy Story Mania and, you know, Star Wars? 
and rock and roller coaster or or tower of terror it's or, like yeah it, you basically get one it's really annoying that with hollywood studios is like the the perfect example adrian of of the worst fast pass experience ever <laughs> i mean yeah. they've shifted it a little bit now because they had to they had no choice once toy story land opened but really you're making us choose you know, Smuggler's Run versus versus Slinky Dog Dash. Well, not for nothing. I would t- I would pick Slinky Dog Dash, but mm-hmm. still, you're it's like Sophie's Choice. <laughs> yeah, <every day. laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. They, they haven't announced what they're going to do with Fast Passes. I still suspect that they're going to they're going to keep the current kind of system, but it's going to start to be a pay for play kind of thing. Maybe you'll still, as a resort guest, get you know three freebie Fast Passes, but I'm also I'm also starting to wonder if they'll start to say like, well, if you want six, then just pay another, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> well, it's interesting that you brought that up because I don't know if you noticed, somebody had posted a picture and I verified it, that they took the Fast Pass sign completely down at Space Mountain in Disney World. Well, where is it? And why is it gone? What are they thinking? Are they just renovating or is it a precursor to what they're thinking? I can't imagine, like I, I just have to say, I can't imagine they will get rid of FastPass completely because there are too many people. I've seen too many comments online about people who are like, I can't imagine going to the park without a FastPass. Now, at the same time, Disney is sort of saying, well, the lines move a lot faster without the FastPass. Like the regular lines are much better, but I don't think they've tested that in an environment of like regular, full normal, capacity. Regular, yeah. full, full capacity, capacity attendance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. it certainly would make things very, very interesting and challenging all at the same time. Well, I can say on the Magic Mobile side, um, it feels like the slow and inevitable death of the Magic Band. I mean, I'm sure if they're going to have the NFC turnstiles out, they'll still sell them. They'll still sell, you know, the high end kind of one off anniversary style or special edition Magic Bands for then for a while, for a while, I'll be able to get whatever kind of Magic Band you want. I, I can say safely if there's an Apple Watch app, I'll just use my Apple Watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to wear a separate Magic Band if I can get all of the functionality of a Magic Band in the thing I'm already wearing on my wrist. I do think it's interesting to think through. I, my perception is the parks and the cruise line really don't talk all that often. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, but I, I mean, I would actually love to have a Magic Band like experience on board the cruise ship. I feel like a lot of cruise ships are doing that. I have said that. <laughs> it's I've so said frustrating. That for so long. Yeah, it's so frustrating. And I agree with you, Adrian. Like, I don't want to have to cart my phone around. I do because, you know, I mean, personal navigators aren't really, you can get the paper ones, but now you got to work for it as opposed to it's just on your phone. I guess if they said, you know, we're going to put your C card or your your key to the world card on your phone or your watch, be okay with that at the end of the day. I don't, I don't love it, but let's shift over to our bigger news topics. So two big news topics actually coming out this week. So very timely. Why don't we start with the reporting that Disney is petitioning the city of Anaheim to change its zoning regulations for, I think, mixed use, essentially, is what we'll call it, with an eye toward possible sometime in the future expansion of the Disneyland Resort. And I say all that because there's a lot of people out there saying Disneyland is expanding. That is not what's been announced. (laughs) They've simply announced that they're talking to the city of Anaheim about changing the zoning so that they could in the future have the flexibility to do more with the property they have. And they've put forth kind of a, a, a vision piece of artwork to suggest what that might look like. But they have not announced they're building a third gate. They have not officially announced that they're expanding Disneyland or California Adventure. This is just all future facing. So with that said, what do we think about this? Do we do we want Disneyland to expand? I think it would be great 
depending how it's done. I know that they've had a lot of trouble getting zoning even for hotels from Anaheim, a DVC specifically one Mm -hmm. that was supposed to be up and done and it's not. And they, with taxes or whatever the problem was with zoning, it didn't happen. And they closed a lot of stuff in the, in the Disney, uh, downtown Disney area for that, thinking it was going to happen, the construction. I think it's, I think it will be great if it comes to light. I'd like to know more about it. I think that they're trying to create buzz because things have been difficult. Mm -hmm. So they want the idea out there that this could happen. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think, I mean, I think part of this is to build up some excitement around the reopening of Disneyland, right? To sort of get a little bit of buzz. The other part of it, I think, is Disney is taking advantage of a economic climate where I'm sure the city of Anaheim, like many cities across, well, probably like almost every city across the United States, is having a rough time economically, right? I mean, everybody's hurting because of the pandemic. And so, you know, if they say to Anaheim, hey, if you make this easier for us to build, you know, you're going to get more revenue. And that's just, you know, that's sort of tax revenue. You're also going to have, we're cre- going to create more jobs if we have, a, you know, a bigger hotel or bigger parks or, you know, all, and we're going to create construction jobs for, you know, building these things. So it's a really smart move, I think, by Disney to strike while the iron is hot, you know, strike while, ask for zoning changes now while Anaheim is maybe hurting and say, we want to invest more money in this community, but you've got to give us something for that. Yeah, I'll say the the thing that stood out to me in the art was that the new DVC tower is in there, which Mm -hmm. all indications are that they are proceeding forward with building that new Disneyland tower over by the Disneyland Hotel. And so it was good to see that reflected in the artwork that they have, in fact, not pulled the plug (laughs) because there has not been a lot of activity over at the resort from what we can hear from people who visited. So I think there's no reason to think that resort won't get built or that tower won't get built. I mean, I do think it's also kind of interesting, the conceptual artwork for what they're talking about. And and they actually mentioned this in the news story in the Orange County Register. It was like interdispersing the expansion with the resort hotels on that side of the property, including Paradise Pier and the Disneyland Resort. That's interesting from the standpoint of, you know, Grand Cal has been held out as like the deluxe of the deluxe at that resort because of its connection into the theme park. Whereas the other two hotels, it's not, those hotels are not connected to the parks. They're connected at best to downtown Disney. And if you're staying at Paradise Pier, you got a long walk even to do that. You're you're in a standalone hotel. Yeah. 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 So it was interesting to see them kind of overlay this idea that now maybe these hotels will kind of get some direct access Mm -hmm. into the theme parks. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this, I'm pro expansion because I'm a DVC owner there and it's going to do nothing but jack up the per point rates if there's now suddenly an expanded theme park uh, available there. So yeah, just don't announce an expansion Disney until after you sell the new DVC tower (laughs) so I can see the appreciation on my point value. Well, the big news of the week, let's, we can spend the most time here, actually. The big news of the week, Disney Cruise Line announcing that they're going to do a UK staycation cruises and not a lot of detail. They don't go on sale until April. It doesn't even say when in April, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they go on sale in quote unquote April. No details on what's going to be required apart from the fact that it's limited to UK residents. So we don't know about COVID protocols, masks on board, vaccination requirements. Will kids who've been not vaccinated been be able to travel? Test requirements. Yeah, all this sort of stuff. All we know is that the ship 
ships are going to be leaving from, uh, or sorry, not the ships, the ship, the magic will be leaving from Dover, Southampton, and uh, Liverpool. Was it Sam? No, uh, it Til- actually not Dover. It's Tilbury, London. Ah, Tilbury. Okay, not Dover. That's interesting. That yeah, Dover's I don't not think, on the list. I don't think Dover is on the list. I think it's yeah, it's Tilbury, Southampton, and I think Liverpool, and maybe one other one. I thought there might have been a fourth one. I can't remember, yeah. but there's there are basically ports that I think like three of the four are ones that Disney has never actually cruised out of. I mean, they've they go on the UK cruises usually out of Dover and they do stop at Liverpool. So that's one port that they're probably familiar with, but they don't normally do embarkation and disembarkation from any of these ports that they're doing. Well, yeah, it was a, it was a big deal that some of the ships sailed into Southampton this year. There were people who went out and got photos of them coming in and out of that port because they those ships usually do not stop in that yeah. port. And these are these are not big ports like Dover. I mean, Dover is a big port because the transatlantic cruises go from Dover, right, on, on multiple cruise lines. I think, I think Southampton is a departure port for several of the UK cruise lines. I think it's I think it's a, it's a fairly sizable port. I, I don't Southampton think Southampton is, but that's the only one I think. Yeah. I think Sam's right. I think they're all relatively small for, you know, the boats that come in for the day or whatever. And and these are um as Brian was saying these are they calling they're calling them, you know, staycations at sea or something like that because they're not going to stop at any ports, right? They're on their route. They're going to be just a out to sea for 2, 3 or a couple of them are going to be four nights and then back to where they came from. So it, it is really it's just like a floating hotel. Right. So with no no port stops. Pretty nice floating hotel, though. Oh, I, think yeah. I'd, I think I'd be OK with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see what protocols they put in place. Let me ask this question. Adrian, if you were a UK resident, would you get on one of these? <laughs> You're talking to the wrong person. Because I, <laughs> I would step foot on any cruise at any time. If you if you told me that Port Canaveral was opening, I'd be like, okay, bye, let's go. <laughs> as soon as I had, but but then again, I would want my second shot, and I would feel free to go. I would, as long as I had my second shot, and it's the 15 days later, mm-hmm. sign me up. I don't care anymore. I've had it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. But I. I have a friend who lives in the UK and everything's still very locked down there. So I don't know how they would feel. I don't know if Disney like tested the waters with this, no pun intended. Um, (laughs) You know, did they, did they apply for it yet? Is it going to be like not for nothing? But, and I feel so bad because, you know, when they were talking about the one, like you were going to go on the mini little two day thing Mm -hmm. and then they had to cancel it. So is it really wise to announce something if you're really not 100% sure? Yeah. Well, here's the interesting thing. You know, several cruise lines before Disney announced doing these kinds of cruises out of the UK. So I feel like if if now we've got multiple cruise lines announcing this, they must have... They know something. Yeah, they must have approval or sort of an understanding from the UK government that they will actually be able to sail. I think otherwise Disney would have waited longer before making this announcement knowing how Disney does things, I, I think they would have, you know, held off. So now I, I do think they're going to happen. I do think the big question is going to be, and maybe the reason they're starting in June is, are are they going to require vaccines for adults before cruising? My prediction is if you want to cruise on one of these ships, you're going to have to show proof of vaccination if you're an adult. 
Or if you're a kid, you're going to have to, they're going to have to show a negative COVID test before sailing, you know, 72 hours or whatever before sailing, something like that. That's my prediction. I have no, I have no inside information. I don't even know if it would be 72. It might even be 48. True. Yeah. I I think that window is going to be very imperative. and, And this goes for any cruise at this point, right? If, if the kids are going on the cruise, you're going to, if, if the vaccines are not applicable to the kids yet, they're going to have to have a very small window of time to test them because you don't want them getting sick mid-sailing. I don't think 72. I think it would be more towards the 48. I mean, maybe I think it just depends on what the availability of testing is and whatnot. And, and I don't know what that is in, in the UK. I'm, I was just saying 72 hours because right. I know here that's what both Alaska and Hawaii do before yes. you can fly there. You know, 72 hours seems like a fairly reasonable time to be able to get a vaccine or get a test and get a, and get a result. And so they I don't know. They may end up doing rapids at the, at the port. Absolutely. Before that's- they even walk on, even if they had a COVID test. Yeah. I could see them doing rapids. And this is for any cruise. I'm not Mm -hmm. just talking the UK. I think that it's going to be a very interesting situation. I'm curious how it will work and what the capacity will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Cur- I'm really curious to see the interest here. I mean, just anecdotally, I've. I've. You know, I've seen some UK folks saying, "Oh, it's going to be amazing," but I haven't seen a lot of. I'm definitely going to get on one. I don't know. I've seen a couple in in some of the Facebook groups that we are in, Brian. I've seen several people from the UK saying that they're definitely going to go, and I think there are people who are actually excited because they're shorter ones and they might be able to afford it, whereas it would be one difficult. Well, that was the first. The first set of comments I saw was like, oh, this is going to be an amazing opportunity for me to finally try to Disney yeah. cruise. But then I'd see a post a little bit later that said, whoa, the price of the prices of these things, I'm guessing, are going to be pretty high. Yeah. I don't know how they know that because there's nothing posted. I will be really curious to see what the pricing of these is because I think it's an interesting opportunity for Disney to maybe sell the cruise at a cheaper price to attract some people who haven't experienced the cruise mm-hmm. line in the UK yeah. and let them test it out. And that's interesting for them because it gets them a wider audience yes. of people, potentially. Oh, definitely. Uh, or it gets them a lot. Well, I, I think it gets potentially a lot of people trying it out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be curious to hear what the reviews are from those people coming back off the the ship because they're not used to sailing Disney. They're used to sailing these like bigger lines. Yeah. I agree. I also think that it would be a very good opportunity for Disney at this point for cast members to start getting their getting back into it and seeing how how we're going to run it because not that they should be testing on, you know, anybody, but realistically the cruises haven't been going for over a year. They need to start somewhere. And I think the magic is a smaller, more intimate ship. I think it would be a great opportunity for cast members to get back in the flow. Now's a good time. Do we have three seatings? Do we do two seatings? Mm-hmm. Shows once, twice, like, you know, it used to be dinner and dinner and the show or show and the dinner, depending on your time. Right. Right. So now maybe they'll add a third seating at a different point or mm-hmm. something because now you have to rotate people. It's a good opportunity with a a much smaller base of people since it's only the UK. I mean, not that the UK is small, but here you have that amount of people. Let's see which way and work out kinks so we know how to proceed going forward with Mm -hmm. the bigger ships. 
I agree. I I 100% agree with you, Adrian. I do think that this is, I think we may see them tinker and make changes through, you know, if they start doing this in June and let's, I think they've said it's going to be June, July, but I'm not sure if they've said anything about August, September, but let's say they end up going through August, September doing this stuff on the magic. I don't think we'll see the exact same setup in June, as we see in like September, for example, they will be able to make adjustments and tinker with things and figure out how many people can we allow in the show at any given time? How many people can we seat at dinner at any given time? And, you know, things like that. I think we'll see adjustments being made. It, it will definitely be interesting to see what happens with these UK cruises. I think, Adrian, your point's a good one. The numbers are going up again globally. So the UK and other, other European countries going back into serious lockdowns. I mean, they closed Disneyland Paris and there's no, no opening date at all. Yeah. It's, they said it's closed indefinitely right now. I mean, it's, it, it, I do think right now it's not great. By June, I'm hoping that more people like the UK is on a pretty decent path of vaccination. The US has obviously uh, now gotten its act together with regard to vaccination, seems to be moving forward pretty quickly. So, you know, by June, I would expect there will be a lot of vaccinated people around ready to travel. You know, we can only hope that the numbers have become, you know, more stable or gone down. So I think there's there's some real potential here. But I will say the one thing striking throughout some of this news was where was it when they were announcing all the stuff they were taking away? Right. Like they announced the replacement for magic bands, but they didn't do it when they took the magic bands away. So like, what (laughs) the heck? Right. (laughs) Like there's lots of interesting and great news here, some of which could have been coupled with prior announcements that were not so great. And so I'll just say, come on, Disney, like (laughs) help us out. Right. Like we you make us angry one week and then elated the next, like, you know, kind of spread that out a little bit. We, we want the uh, we want to smooth out the emotional peaks and valleys with you. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I can only hope that we hear more and more good news as things uh, progress over the next few weeks. But I guess we'll find out in about a month when all three of us come back together to talk about whatever Disney news has happened since then. So <laughs> I could throw one more little bit of news in as well, Ooh. that they oh, sure. decided to try facial recognition at Disney World this week. Oh, oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that, which would be great because I, they can never find my thumbprint again once they've taken it. So again, Disney <laughs> IT. I thought that was I, I that was a matter of time to me. Yeah, that yeah. was just yeah. clearly a matter of time. I just I wonder, though, how well this works with people wearing masks. <laughs> Very good question. I will say this. I, so, I mean, since I work in the tech industry, Apple's actually working on developing the announced last week facial recognition to unlock your iPhone while you're wearing a mask. I really so, hope that comes to be. Yeah, because that's a pain in the butt for me every every time I'm at the grocery store and I've got my list on my phone and then I got to put in my pin number. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, well, we'll be back in a month with more exciting Disney news, we hope. And uh, if anyone out there hears some fun Disney news and they want to share it with us, please let us know. Adrian, you want to let people know where they can find you to book a fabulous Disney vacation? Absolutely. It's Let It Go Journeys and it's 516-728-6565. Reach out today to book those UK crews. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That I I clearly know so much about. (laughs) I know nothing about these cruises. at the moment. All right. Thanks, Adrian. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Adrian. It's been great. Thank you. 
Well, it's great as always to have Adrian on the show to talk a little Disney news. If you guys have any thoughts on the topics we covered this evening, we'd love to hear from you out on social media or send us an email at dclduo at gmail.com. Love, love, love hearing feedback from you guys. So let us know what you thought. If we missed a topic that you wanted us to discuss, if you have differing thoughts or opinions on the topics we did discuss, again, just love to hear from you. So if you have topics you'd like us to discuss in the future, feel free to send those our way too, and we'll make sure to cover them in the next uh, news segment, which will be about a month from now. So with that, just want to thank everyone out there for listening to the bonus episode this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. It can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us those five-star reviews over at Apple Podcasts as they are very, very helpful in surfacing our podcast to people who might be looking for a Disney Cruise Line related show like ours. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, as I said, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content, or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast podcast and no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent, or you can feel free to reach out to Adrian at the number she provided in the show that will also drop in our show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.